What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. Horror and comedy are both on the marquee this weekend and I've got reviews for two new movies right now. Hello everybody, I'm Dan Merle here with my review for the fifth film in the Insidious franchise, Insidious the Red Door, as well as a new original comedy called Joyride, which are both in theaters this weekend. And let's start with Insidious the Red Door, which is the first Insidious film since Chapter 2 back in 2013 to follow the story of the Lambert family, the subjects of the first two movies. Patrick Wilson stars in the film and also makes his directorial debut, so he's pulling double duty here, picking up a decade after we last saw the Lamberts, Wilson's Josh Lambert and his son Dalton, played by a returning Ty Simpkins, are dealing with the aftereffects of suppressing their memories of their ability to interact with the spirit world through astral projection. Josh is alienated from his family while Dalton begins drawing strange images in his college art class, but both are forced to confront their past when they're once again menaced by ghosts from a supernatural dimension called the Further. Rose Byrne also returns as Renee, Josh's now ex-wife and concerned mother to Dalton and their other children, looking to shelter them from their traumatic past. Now, I've made no secret of the fact that I used to largely avoid horror movies because I find them very stressful to watch, especially more recent ones because it seems like they're mostly focused on jump scares. But Insidious, the first movie, was one of the first of the newer crop that I watched that actually encouraged me to keep getting deeper into the genre and finding more movies that I liked. Because yes, it had jump scares and stuff like that, but the style of it and the story. I loved the story of this family, I loved the atmosphere, and I realized that I wasn't giving horror enough credit. Well, I'm glad that I didn't start with this Insidious movie because this one is very much more like the movie that I imagined all other horror movies to be, meaning less original and more reliant on cheap scares. I hate jump scares, and that's another thing that I'm very open about, but I also will admit that they are effective tools when used properly. And I think that the first two Insidious films actually did a really masterful job of setting the mood, playing with your expectations, and then, at the proper moment, executing some really, really good jump scares, some of the best in horror movie history. I actually rewatched Insidious and Insidious Chapter 2 the same day that I saw Insidious the Red Door, and it was kind of startling to me that only a couple of scenes in this movie even approached the kind of atmosphere that you got in those first two movies. Now, I don't think it's a coincidence that James Wan has a track record of getting horror franchises off to a good start, like Saw and the first two Insidious films and the first two Conjuring films, only to see subsequent franchise films backslide in quality and go for those cheaper jump scares without the real horror that came attached to Wan's entries in the franchise. Patrick Wilson does a fine job as director, matching the look of the earlier films and getting good performances from the cast. But horror as a genre is about so much more than just startling the audience. And I think that much like comedy, making a horror film looks a lot easier than it actually is, or at least making an effective one. 
This is also the first Insidious film to not be written by Lee Whannell, who gets a story credit here. The screenplay credit instead goes to Scott Teams, who wrote or co-wrote, I'm sorry to say, two of my least favorite horror movies of the 2020s, 2021's Halloween Kills and 2022's Firestarter remake. In what should be a high-stakes story for the Lambert family, the script spends way too much time on meaningless scare sequences and not enough time setting up the ending properly, leaving the finale feeling rushed and disappointing as characters just automatically show up in places that you didn't think they could be and do things that you're not quite sure why they could do them. It's really cool in concept, and I liked the idea of what they were trying to do with the film, but by the time you got to the end, they'd wasted so much time building up to it that it doesn't feel like they had time to properly execute it either in the writing phase or the editing phase it's really a shame too because you have that original cast back almost down to the family member if they'd stuck the landing on the ending then i think that insidious one and two and then this movie could have laid claim to one of the better horror trilogies Wilson and Simpkins take the lead here and have a believable and complicated relationship. Their scenes are the best in the movie. Rose Byrne is mostly sidelined as the concerned mother. I don't really know if she had some scheduling conflicts, but it would have been nice to see her take a more active role. Sinclair Daniel's a nice addition to the cast as Chris, Dalton's new friend at college, who also develops a fascination with his past. And Hyam Abbas, who is so great in her role as Marcia in Succession, is memorable as Dalton's art teacher, a character who seems like she might be important, but then just kind of disappears from the rest of the movie. It's not a new story, and it seems almost fated that every single horror franchise is doomed to slip into mediocrity, but it doesn't make it any less discouraging to see Insidious, and especially the storyline with this family, slip from what I thought were two really interesting movies to start out with into this kind of second-rate Nightmare on Elm Street jump scare fest. I will sit through the jump scares if you give me a reason to, if you give me a payoff for it. But if you don't give me any kind of payoff for it, then it just becomes an unpleasant experience for me. And some people would say like, well, Dan, I think you should just stop going to see horror movies. And I would say, actually, it's kind of the opposite. I think that it kind of helps me to appreciate good horror movies even more. Still, this was a far better film than, say, The Nun, and perhaps even the last film in this franchise. And because of the character beats that do work and the strong performances from Simpkins and Wilson, along with a few genuinely creepy scenes that do do justice to the first two films, Insidious the Red Door on my scale moves just past not a fan territory into its fine, but it gets my least enthusiastic recommendation possible, and really the Lamberts deserved so much better to end their story, as did fans of the Insidious franchise. Also rolling into theaters this weekend with a much lower profile is a movie that I enjoyed a lot more, Joyride, from first-time director Adele Lin, with a screenplay from Family Guy writers Teresa Shao and Cherry Shiva Pravatamrong. Apologies if I butchered that. Ashley Park stars as Audrey, a lawyer who's dispatched to China to close a business deal because she was born there, despite the fact that her adopted parents are American and she doesn't speak Chinese. To translate, she brings her best friend Lolo, played by Sherry Cola, a struggling artist who wants Audrey to use this opportunity to find her birth mother. Lolo's cousin Deadeye, played by a scene-stealing Sabrina Wu in their movie debut, tags along. And we also meet Audrey's best friend from college, Kat, who is a sexually adventurous actress hiding her true self from her ultra-religious boyfriend. Kat is played by Oscar nominee Stephanie Hsu. 
As you can imagine, things don't go as planned, and the quartet soon find themselves unexpectedly smuggling drugs, unwittingly seducing a basketball team, and scrambling to find Audrey's birth mother as she struggles with her heritage as a stranger in her own birth country. The movie's actually much less heavy than that summary makes it sound, and it's because it's able to juggle a lot of different things, but it is first and foremost a comedy, and it gets right what an ensemble comedy needs to have, which is a cast with great chemistry. Paired with a script that's not afraid to play as dirty as male-centered bro comedies have done in the past, this movie has sex, drugs, inappropriate tattoos, and they're all treated shamelessly, which opens up tons of comedic possibilities. Forget the comparisons to Crazy Rich Asians, those are the most surface-level comparisons you could possibly imagine. Joyride is much more akin to a movie like The Hangover, and I think it's as close to The Hangover as we've gotten since that movie came out over 10 years ago. Honestly, I think Joyride is a perfect example of the benefit of making sure that everyone has access to a seat at the table. Each of these characters has a life, a motivation, a problem that they're facing that is deeply rooted in their cultural identity and their cultural heritage. And it's that kind of authenticity behind the camera that you can read in front of the camera. It's also as funny and raunchy as any R-rated comedy that I've seen in the last several years. And it's as funny as any comedy that I've seen this year. The presence of this movie and No Hard Feelings within the last month or so really gives me some hope that the mid-budget R-rated comedy might be on the comeback as the big blockbusters have been failing left and right this summer. This movie feels so genuine and these characters feel so real that it does feel like you're on this trip with them. And I was laughing throughout this movie. In fact, while I enjoyed No Hard Feelings, I liked this movie even more. And while it falls just shy of See It Now status, it is easily a movie that I would recommend, but definitely not one for the whole family. The R rating here is earned easily and stretches the rating to its limits. If this is your kind of comedy, if this is what you like to see, then I think you're going to enjoy it. So I was somewhat disappointed by, but did not hate, Insidious the Red Door, and I found Joyride to be thoroughly enjoyable and would easily recommend that. So you have a couple of different options as far as new movies and theaters, as well as many others that are out there. What do you think? Which one are you going to be headed to see this weekend, or are you going to be seeing none of the above? Let me know down in the comments below, and as always, thank you so much for watching the channel. I'll be right here with more movie news, reviews, box office, and more very soon. Until then, stay safe, and I'll see you then. Bye.